Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Potty on the Potty, a podcast about navigating those tricky waters of young adulthood. I'm your host, Sam, and I'm going to share my quick disclaimer before we get started with today's episode. So Potty on the Potty is for entertainment and educational purposes only. Podcasts and social media are not therapy or substitutes for medical advice. So enjoy, feel free to share, and hit that follow button. If you find yourself in a place where you're needing deeper support, I encourage you to seek out therapy or medical attention. All right, so in today's episode, we are going to touch on a few things. First things first, I'm going to circle back to something we touched on in our last episode about uh, mind-body trauma and also mind-body healing. And then we are going to really segue into uh, perfectionism and where it comes from, um, how to notice it, and how to move forward and heal from that. So be sure to stick around to the end for some great tips and healing recommendations when it comes to perfectionism. And if you're new here, my name is Sam. I make weekly podcasts on navigating young adulthood with a focus on physical and mental wellness. So if you're into any of that, consider hitting that follow button. Um, I am on Spotify and Apple Podcasts at the moment, Um, and I'm publishing every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That way, uh, for those of you that commute um, on the East Coast, if you're commuting for, let's say, work at 9 a.m., I just wanted to get that out there to give you guys all time to hit the play button on your way to work on Thursdays. And of course, if you don't make it uh, for Thursday mornings, you can always listen to this and catch up anytime you want. I got a great message from uh, one of the followers who said, you know, I've I'd had a really bad day and I was actually on the toilet. And so <laughs> I, because I was on the toilet, um, I thought of your podcast and I used that time to catch up on your episode. So um, take a page out of that person's book uh, you know, catch up whenever you want, listen whenever you want, or, you know, you have something to look forward to on Thursdays. All right, so let's jump in. So I'm sure to some of you that listen to all of my episodes, I might sound like a bit of a broken record, or this is really helpful reminders each week. But I really stand by this idea that um, when we've gone through something stressful, whether it was an illness or um some sort of, you know, physical trauma, or whether it was, you know, mentally stressful. I mean, you can think of anything that's gone on in your life. I'm sure you you can think of a time that was really, really stressful. um, And maybe it was traumatizing. Uh, That's going to affect us both mentally and physically. So both of those things. Um, You know, I definitely know people that have gone through physical trauma. And it's that, you know, it's still mentally um, traumatic. So it definitely goes both ways, and I definitely wanted to kind of start, basically just start the conversation of, okay, how do we heal? How do we heal from trauma? Um, And the answer is really body and mind together. Um, So I definitely know some 
doctors, as you may know, who when you go see them in person for your checkup, um, they touch on mostly physical how you're doing physically, and they may ask you about your mental health, but when they're talking about, okay, giving you advice for healing certain physical issues, um, rarely are they going to talk about maybe relaxation exercises that you can do that might help those physical ailments. Um, Just like I've seen or heard of therapists who um, will do go through their entire treatment uh, with a patient Um, or their entire relationship with a patient and trying to help them through uh, working through traumas and working through, um, you know, any sort of mental block or just really supporting them emotionally. And unfortunately, also neglecting um, to make those connections to their physical health and help them um, heal physically as well as emotionally. Um, Thankfully, nowadays, more and more, There are people out there that are bridging the gap, um, but it's really up to you to do a little bit of research and to just have that in your mind when you're going to your yearly doctor's appointment or if you're seeing any sort of specialist or if you are looking for a therapist or someone that's going to help you on your mental healing journey, kind of wondering and being curious, okay, is this person willing to also talk about what bothers me physically and also provide some, I don't know, sometimes it's ways of healing physically, but just, I guess, keep in mind that whole holistic approach. And so a couple of things that come to mind are, um, you know, last week, of course, I talked about the awesome book, The Body Keeps the Score, and Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, who's the author, um, really feels that, for example, yoga is absolutely at the top of the list when it comes to healing trauma. And I feel I feel a little bit conflicted about that, but here's his here's his reasoning. Um, and so for any of you that have tried yoga in the past and really like it, this might be why. So, He's done studies and worked with countless trauma patients and um, done this sort of thing with them. But essentially, the idea is that when you're doing yoga or any sort of somatic or physical healing, um, you're getting in touch, you're getting back in touch with your body in a safe way. So maybe your trauma involves some sort of um, something physical, whether it was you were violated by somebody else or whether you were, um, you know, self-harming yourself in some way. So harm by others or harm by yourself. Um, You are once again learning to trust your body and obviously doing this in a safe environment um, and slowly but surely um, you're connecting your that part of your mind that trusts that trusts to your body. The other benefit of yoga, for example, is you're connecting your body to the earth. So specifically yoga, right? You're you're oftentimes on a mat. You're oftentimes on either a floor or on the ground outside, and so it can be really healing to reconnect with the earth. Uh, Some people say it's grounding, you know, physically, I mean, literally think about the ground, right? So 
grounding. You're not you're not out of body. Um, you're not feeling like you're floating. You're literally on the ground. And there are so many great things about the idea of the earth. You know, it's natural. Um, you know, there's both good and bad to it. And, um, you know, it really can, you can think of it as something that holds you. Um, you can also think of it as uh, sort of humbling, right? Because when you're thinking of yourself as one small part of this big, big thing, it makes your problem sometimes feel, I'm really going off on a tangent here, but it, it makes your problems feel smaller and it just makes your life feel less significant, which for some people at certain points in their life can actually be really calming. Like, oh my gosh, like these things that I'm worried about aren't as big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. So that is the argument for somatic healing practices such as yoga. Um, But I also want to mention a couple of things. So if you've never tried yoga or meditation in your life, or let's say since you've had a trauma, I would be careful. I would definitely, I mean, be a little bit cautious, but I would definitely try it with a trusted person there. Um, because I know of people that have had traumas and they've tried meditation, um, you know, in my presence or just I've, I've heard of this happening. And because it's a new experience for them and, and they're being present, um, it, can, it can actually trigger an out-of-body experience or a dissociation, which sometimes is kind of a normal healing process, but it can also be dangerous if you know, you're not being monitored and you're not with people that can help you um, to control that situation. So that's something that I, I feel strongly about. I always, always mention that to both people that I work with and just in general, something to keep in mind um, is, like I said, these somatic healing processes um And healing journeys can be really, really helpful and transformative. But at the same time, like we have to be ready for it. And we have to be, we have to literally be in a safe space and mindset for it. Um, So yoga is an example of something, obviously, physically that you're doing to um, both strengthen and relax the body and also heal the mind. And I want to talk about the opposite or just like the other aspect of the mind-body healing, which is obviously coming at it from a mental, emotional side. Um, So this is what you think of when you think of like traditional therapy and talking things through and getting in touch with your emotions and your thoughts. Um, But obviously when, when we're doing this, it can have both mental and great physical effects. Um, So one example that I can think of is, I'm sure many of you guys have heard of quote-unquote rigid thinking. Um, And I also think of overly relaxed thinking can be, um, can kind of get in the way of our lives and our progress. Um, And both of these, both of these types of thinking can lead to physical issues, as you can imagine. So if we're really wound too tight and we're rigid, um, can lead to constipation. It can lead to, um, you know, 
tense muscles, um, other issues like that, that, um, that you might have, or that you know, someone that might have, and then overly relaxed thinking, I imagine can lead to things like, um, diarrhea, or just other issues like, um, maybe your certain muscles are too relaxed and they need to be strengthened. Um, so the, you know, there's physical, both physical and mental things you can do, but right now we're going to just focus on, uh, mental, emotional perspective to, you know, that type of thinking that we've identified, which leads us to our talk about perfectionism. So this is something that I know a lot of my Uh, clients and also people that follow me can identify with is perfectionism because I've made a couple of posts about it on my Instagram, uh, which is samantha.j.curt. And I essentially debunk the myth that perfectionism is a term used just for people who, let's say, get straight A's and are deemed workaholics and overachievers. Um, I actually work with a lot of people who are overachievers and they had no idea because they often come to me when they're in a slump, which I personally see as a recharge period. Um, They've been either working so hard, um, whether that's, you know, actually literally working hard or just their brain is in overdrive thinking about what they have to do or what they should do. Um, And so, you know, they, they see themselves as in this slump, but I see them as kind of their body catching up to them and saying, yo, we need to relax. Or the opposite, people come to me when they're in that overachieving mode, but highly anxious and hard on themselves. So they're not noticing the overachieving and the perfectionism because they just see their hard work as a due that must be paid in order to succeed. So if you identify, I I feel like if you hear me say that, you know, okay, I've been there or I am there right now. Um, You know, hopefully that can shed some light on what you're going through is that it's really hard to see when you're pushing yourself too hard when you're in it because you just see it as something that needs to be done and it's not, there's no other way. So debunking that myth, um, there's, there's two ends of the spectrum. And the reason why there's two ends of the spectrum is because they both come from the same origin. Perfectionism mindset and perfectionism behaviors originate from a childhood, a belief that came to be in childhood. Um, So any time in your younger years, when a message was given to you that you are only lovable and you're only worthy if you are successful and if you are getting results. So it's not enough to try and it's not enough to, um, to enjoy the process and it is essential that you are getting results and that you are succeeding and achieving in order to be okay and in order to feel loved by others and appreciated by others. So I don't want us to just say, you know, 
I have this black and white mindset, I have this rigid mindset or this relaxed mindset, and it's irrational or it's, you know, something that we want to blame ourselves for because there's always, always an origin to this stuff. There's always a reason why we've decided to or subconsciously probably decided that we're going to either go, go, go and work, 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 or the other end of the spectrum is the underachieving and the procrastinating. That actually comes from us consciously or unconsciously deciding that we're going to rebel against that belief, which is actually pretty cool if you think about it, is that part of ourselves um, decided, you know what, that's BS. <laughs> part of a, part of us don't believe in that. So we're actually going to rebel and we're not going to do as much as we can. Um, but in either situation, there is this fear of trying and not succeeding. Again, if you're somebody that identifies with this, um, whether you're a procrastinator or an overachiever or what have you, um, you're definitely going to feel this. You're definitely going to be like, yeah, damn, you know, that's that's what crosses my mind is that feel of fear of failure when I can't start a project or a homework assignment or, or anything like that. So, you know, as I've talked about in my posts, um, the the goal is to strive for the middle path and you know, I'm not all about behavior change. Um, that's a type of therapy that I'll explain more. I'm not, I I'm, don't subscribe to the idea that we can just change our thinking, will ourselves to think a different way all of a sudden or behave a different way all of a sudden. Um, certainly, if you have it in you, I would go through the motions. But it's totally understandable if it's, if it's hard to just get there. Sometimes we have to first see where this mindset came from and take care of ourselves through it and be very gentle with ourselves. Um, you know, it's a little bit of inner child work if you've ever heard of that. So looking back at the origins to these things, realizing, wow, my beliefs formed when I was literally just a child and being really kind to that part of ourselves that are still there. Um, I guess you could say we're still stuck there a little bit, but not being judgmental at all. So I don't use stuck in a judgmental way. Um, but really just kind of rather than judgment, judging, we want to be curious. And I love that word curious. So gently being curious about the mindset, about the behaviors that it leads us to do. So again, the I think about the mental and the physical connection. So a lot of people that I've worked with, um, because they have sort of a black and white thinking and or maybe a rigid thinking, perfectionistic, perfectionistic thinking, um, their behaviors uh, are in the same fashion. So their behaviors are more rigid. So think of people that struggle with um, obsessive obsession and compulsion. So there's always an order to things. Think of people that struggle with um, disordered eating. So that's also something to be controlled in their mind. And again, it's this is just the way that we made sense of that belief as a child. So as we've grown into teenagers and then adults, we still have that belief. And some part of us wants to let go of that belief 
But again, it's easier said than done and it is a process. We want to be really, really patient with ourselves along the way. And when we set goals to strive for the middle path, if we don't meet those goals, we need to, again, be very, very gentle with ourselves and be very understanding of, hey, this came to be for a reason. I was trying to make sense of this belief and I was trying to live up to this belief. And so it's going to be really hard for me to change my behaviors and my mindset. Um, but yeah, so... I wonder if any of you have seen my Instagram posts on healing from perfectionism. I wonder what those goals brought up for you. So I've said things like, you know, it's important when you're healing from perfectionism to accept mediocrity, which means accept being average and mediocre and accept basically just... Also, just starting a project, maybe we don't finish it or maybe, you know, maybe it's slow going or uh, maybe we make mistakes along the way. Um, I'm assuming that for some of you that identify as this black and white thinking or perfectionistic rigid thinking, it's really difficult, especially those first number of times when we try um, to accept mediocrity or we try to accept our mistakes and just give us a, ourselves a pat on the back for even starting. That's hard because it essentially goes against that belief, that core belief. So if anything, I just want you to take that with you, that self-compassion through this healing journey. Um, and I, I hope that's always my message. I hope you always get that, guys, is that if you're going to work on something or if you're going to have a goal and it's not easy that I'm right there with you. We're human. Um, I totally get it. You know, the last thing you want to do is to have some, you know, mental health goals for yourself and then end up beating yourself up for it because there's always a reason why we go back to what we know and we go back to what's comfortable. So clearly this is something that I feel strongly about because I've just, you know, flowed right through this topic um, but yeah, so, so take a look at those posts on my Instagram, um, and the idea, essentially the idea of walking the middle path and living in the gray area. And it would be awesome if any of you guys are into journaling, um, in any form, whether it's, uh, you know, writing it down or talking it out, um, I don't know if people people record themselves talking on their phone or or if you make a podcast, that'd be cool too. Um, <laughs> or even talking to someone else about it. I would I would definitely kind of jot out ways that you can live in the middle path. Um, and just your thoughts around it and any resistance that comes up and just notice the resistance. It's totally fine. Um, and we want to work on that's a that's a nice layer of of work that we can be doing is work on accepting the resistance as well and i thought i'd give you a little treat and share a personal story of me walking the middle path this past weekend um once again might be on the edge of embarrassing so that's why i say a little treat for you i do this for you guys so you know how i've mentioned my beloved morning routine 
how I love to have enough time in the morning to get up and make my coffee and then lay in bed and just do something mindless and get my mind off of, you know, my <laughs> digestion and all that. And then I'm able to go to the bathroom. So many of you, just kidding, I have no idea if any of you are wor wondering what happens if I don't have time for my morning routine. Um, because it's important to me to make time. But sometimes, you know, it can't happen. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. So what then? So this weekend, I was camping as I often do in the summer. Um, and sometimes I love camping and sometimes, eh, you know, it's a bit spontaneous, <laughs> a bit on the spontaneous side. Case in point, I woke up one morning and, you know, I, I woke up with the sun. No, I woke up <laughs> a couple hours into the sun being out and... I made my coffee and I was lying a little bit uncomfortably in the tent. It wasn't as comfortable as my bed, definitely. And I heard some voices outside and I got the sense that people were waiting for me <laughs> to go out to breakfast. Totally fine. Um, but sometimes when I have that in my mind that people are waiting for me, I can't relax. Like I just feel rushed. So I was like, you know what? probably it's probably not going to happen or if it does happen it'll just take a while because I'm not as relaxed so I got up I said you know what it's okay it's going to be okay I'll go to breakfast we'll see what happens and so in the past I might have worried yes I not might have I definitely worried in those situations okay is it going to happen today and that sucks if it doesn't. And so then it's on my mind and I'm thinking about it and I can't pay attention to my day. Because like I said, I have this whole freaking history with this. But I go to breakfast. I have a good breakfast. I'm able to be pretty present with people. Um, waking up. I do have coffee at breakfast. And then we leave breakfast and we have some time before we start our activities for the day. So once my mind, I think, realized, okay, now you have time, nobody's rushing you, um, you've got about 35 minutes to an hour before we start our outdoor activities, I was able to settle into that and to do my mindless activity. I wasn't in bed, I was just kind of sitting there by myself. Again, it's really helpful for me to just be by myself and do my own thing. And then I was able to go poop. And I was really proud of myself because, again, I didn't have this perfect morning routine, but I just let that go. In the past, again, I would have been uncomfortable accepting a mediocre morning routine. I would have been uncomfortable not knowing how that would have played out necessarily that particular day. But I'm happy with that small win. I'm happy with how uh, Saturday or Sunday morning turned out. So hopefully you guys can take a little bit of that energy. Um, it's a very small win. Once again, it's literally just one day, but I'm proud of myself and I hope you can saddle that energy and, and bring it with you this week so that if you notice, hey, I did something just okay, you can try to be proud of yourself for that rather than beating yourself up or... Um, you know, doing what you're used to doing. 
So that concludes today's little chit chat about perfectionism. Definitely just the tip of the iceberg. As I said, I know a lot of you are working through this um, and we're working through it together, just so you know. Um, I'm so grateful that you made it this far. Even if you skipped around a little bit, no, I don't take that personally. No judgment uh, whatsoever. But yeah, as usual, you can find me on Instagram, samantha.j.kurt. Last name is spelled C-U-R-T. I post some interactive stories. Um, I definitely want your guys' feedback. Uh, the feedback that I've gotten so far, I really, really appreciate. Um, I honestly, I honestly really do appreciate you guys. And I wish you guys all the best. Like I, every single week, I'm like, I hope they're having a good week. Um, yeah, and, and feel free to DM me to suggest topics, um, to, you know, or types of content, things like that. Um, but yeah, I'm really proud of you for being here and reflecting. Um, you know, you should be proud of yourself too. And I will catch you guys in the next episode. And I do hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful week.